0: with Freedom of the Spirit Ministries, and I wanted to kind of come out and share what's on my heart a little bit, that God has been really stirring in my spirit, and I know he's been stirring it in a lot of your spirits, Um, you know, with with the situation of our local, state, city, and even federal governments, um, with possibly things that are going on in our nation and in our states and in our cities. Uh, it's really easy, really easy for us to get into the negative aspect of what our leaders are doing. Um, but God is really stirring, stirring my heart to do something about community. He's, do, he's stirring my heart to do something about state, do something about federal. Um, and what it is is, is is prayer. He's stirring my heart uh, instead of focusing on the negativity He's wanting to focus on a neutral positive. You have negative, you have positive, um, and he, he's, I feel as though he's calling it a neutral positive. And I'll, I'll tell, you, tell you why. Uh, 1 Timothy 2, 1-4 says, First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions— that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. I've been really paying attention to what people are are saying about our our governments and what people think about our governments, and I really try to stay out of the aspect of the negative part. Um, But it's really hard to do because sometimes you just get sucked in. You get sucked into the negative aspect of what people are saying about our government, um, what the news media says, what the people believe, what the people don't believe. But the question that I have to ask you is, is what is truth? What is truth? There's only, there, there's not your truth and their truth and other people's truth. and th- That's not truth. That's opinion. The truth is actually absolute. The truth is no if ands, or buts about it. Is the truth and we get sucked into versions of the truth of who says what it is true or this person says this and it is true when nobody really knows the actual absolute we come to the conclusions of what it is and a lot of times that could be very negative. negative um, first off I want to tell you that um, my opinion on things does it really matter in the aspect compared to what God says about things? And what God says is uh, is that we need to pray for our leaders. He says we need to pray for the people there. Um, You know, and we really need to get into focus. You know, when the election started, we were hearing about prayer. We were hearing about you know, oh God, help us, Second Chronicles seven fourteen. if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. What happened to the prayers? You know, after Donald Trump, our president, the president of the United States, and our vice president, Mike Pence, took office, it seems as though everybody lost their minds. I'm literally looking and seeing Christians really upset about what Donald Trump is doing. Donald Trump said this. Donald Trump said that. Donald Trump's doing this. Donald Trump said... Look, we really got into the aspect of worrying about what man is doing and not worried about what God can do. We're getting the aspect of Donald Trump has caused division in the country. Look, we're getting the aspect of of seeing a lot of things in this world, in this nation. We're seeing people going up against Donald Trump to the point where possibly they... I've heard people want to assassinate Donald Trump. I've heard of people talking how Donald Trump's son, things need to happen to him. You know, this stuff going on, I'm just going to put it flat out. I'm going to tell the truth on this. And if people don't like it, they, they can say whatever. I don't care. But let me tell you the truth. The truth is not that Donald Trump is evil. The truth is not that Hillary Clinton is evil. The truth is not that Barack Obama may be evil or good. Here's what the truth is. Evil comes from one source. And it does not come from Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump, Barack Obama, Bernie Sanders, it doesn't come from NBA superstars or actresses in Hollywood. Evil doesn't come from ISIS or Hamas or any of the terrorist organizations that come. They're not the ones that brought evil into this world. Am I saying not to have a voice? I'm not saying that at all, but I'm telling you right now, and before you start speaking out against our president and against people and evil in the world, we need to really buckle down and find out and get the solution to where the evil came from. This is the truth right here. Though we may see evil in some of these people, though we may see evil coming up in this world, let us not lose our focus on where evil comes from. Let us not lose our focus in the truth of evil. Let us not lose our focus. My point is, is do not focus on what man is doing. Focus on what God can do. If you want change, focus on the change maker. Focus on who can change things, and that's God. You say, Jared, I, I don't really believe, I don't, I don't think that you, you really know what you're talking about. I know exactly what I'm talking about. Ephesians 6.12 says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, not against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. See, our struggle is not against the President of the United States and the Vice President. Let me give you a hint on something. If we haven't forgotten, the Vice President of the United States brought God into the White House. And Donald Trump followed. I'm going to make a bold statement. God has used people. God has used people to get what he wants accomplished. You see, the anointing, here's my bold statement. I believe that Donald Trump is anointed by God in office to do what he is called to do. I have seen a change of Donald Trump. I have seen a change of Donald Trump, and I see the religious leaders behind Donald Trump. Listen, if God called you to go and tell Donald Trump whatever you need to tell him, then God called you to do it, but most of us ain't called to do that. You know what we're called to do? Back to First Timothy 2, 1-4. First of all, then I urge that supplications, prayer, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. For kings, or presidents, and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life. Listen, if you ain't got a peaceful and quiet life, you ain't praying for them. If your life is disturbed by the President of the United States, if it's disturbed by the President of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu, if it's disturbed by Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, if it's disturbed, you're not praying enough. If you want a peaceful and quiet life, it says it right here. Pray for your kings. Pray for your, your presidents, the people in high positions. It doesn't say complain because that is good and pleasing to the sight of our God. No, it says... Pray for all kings in all high positions. And what it says is, is, This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. Who desires all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. Notice truth is in there. Look, what's on my heart is, is that we're more worried about what man is doing than what God is doing. And if we're more about what man is doing, we're just going to forget the aspect of what God can do because we're making a choice. God bases what we do on choice. But look, (laughs) we really got to understand that we got to get back to basics, y'all. If you are not having a peaceful and quiet life because of government, you're not praying enough. That's what God said to do. God said to pray. Romans 13, 1 through 14 you're, you're sitting here probably saying, well, they shouldn't be in office. I don't know how they could have gotten office. I'm going to tell you the answer to that too. It's because God put them there. Romans 13, 1 through 14 Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God. For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also the sake of conscience. What this just said is, is there is no authority except from God. And those that exist have been instituted by God. God has put the authorities in place to do what is according to his plan. That's what that just said. God has put people in place. So when you ask yourself the question, I don't know how he could have gotten office, or I don't know why he's there. I don't know. Look, the leaders are there because God appointed them. Now it's the leader's choice to live in righteousness. But it's not our choice to condemn. Or I take that back. It's not our job to condemn. It's our job to pray for them. Look, Donald Trump has religious leaders all over him. Pray for them, too, that they will have guidance from God himself to, to direct Donald Trump and what he needs to do. If you were called to criticize Donald Trump, you, should, you would be in the White House right now talking to him. If that's what you were called to do, Mr. Trump, I don't think that's going to happen. But you're not called to do that. We are not called to do that. We are called to pray for our leaders. We are called to make sure that our leaders are lifted up. In the Holy of Holies. That's what we're called to do. Look, the division has got to stop. Division is coming because we're not praying enough, Christians. That's where the problem lies. If we cannot sit here and pray enough, we're going to be divided. Not only the country, but the body of Christ. Listen, the big thing that I have is community right now. And every community should come together in prayer. Every community. When it comes to our president and our leaders, our state leaders. Look, in Oklahoma, our state leaders need prayer. In whatever state you live in, if you're listening to this right now, in whatever state you live in, your leaders need prayer. Stop complaining about what your leaders are doing and start praying about what your leaders are doing and pray what God can do through them. There is nobody... Nobody on this earth that is too far from the grace of God and his mercy. Nobody. There is no reason why we should sit here and not trust God and what he can do. Jeremiah 177 7-8 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. Where's our trust at? Is it in the leaders of the White House and the leaders of the world? Ladies and gentlemen, there are things happening right now that is God's plan, and it's because these people are put in office. These people have been put in office by God. As hard as it is for some of us to hear. Look. Psalm thirty three twelve says Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. His people need to rise up and take place. Take their place and where they're supposed to be at. let's praise God, let's thank God for the kings and all those in high position, the kings, the presidents, everybody in the world. So we can have a peaceful and quiet life. Godly and dignified in every way. Second Timothy two two. Listen, we just really we really need to get in back to basics and Get to the prayer. Listen, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Evil comes from Satan himself. It doesn't come from Donald Trump. It doesn't come from Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton. It doesn't come from Benjamin Netanyahu. It doesn't come from Egypt, Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan. It doesn't come from any of them. It comes from the devil himself sent to devour whoever he wants to devour. Whoever will let him devour. Christians, we need to be focused on God and what he could do and not what man's doing. I'm seeing so much negativity from Christians about our leadership. About our leadership. The people that that lead. So I challenge you. If you are one of them people that is really political and you're getting too involved in politics, and you're sitting here it's not wrong to be involved in politics. It's not wrong to think about politics. It's not wrong to do whatever it is that you're doing. What's wrong is the actions that you have from it. If you're mad and upset and you're angry and you're you're bitter because of the president or bitter be, even with Barack Obama, if we were bitter, we're wrong. Even with Hillary Clinton, if we were bitter, we're wrong. Look, I know that our nation is is has issues. There ain't no country that don't But in the past couple years, our nation has been crumbling. You know why? That can take us back to 1 Timothy 2. Because we're not praying enough that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life in our nation. My challenge to you is to keep praying. Be obedient to God. Stop letting people determine the course of action. But instead, let God determine the course of action. We've been called to pray. I'm just going to throw that challenge out there. Let's keep praying, let's come together as communities and pray. Let's come together as communities and do things. Let's come together as the whole body of Christ. You know, uh, the other thing that, that God's really got in my heart, and I'm not going to lay too much topic into this, is that there's so many churches out there that care more about the four walls of their church than they do the people outside of them. They worried about numbers. Look, I don't care about numbers inside of a church. I care about numbers entering into the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Who cares about the numbers inside of a church if you're already saved? If you're already saved, are you can be selfish keeping Jesus to yourself and four walls of the church? Let's not do that anymore. It's time to go out and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ as God has commanded us to do. Yes, we do need churches. The reason why we need churches is, is so that way the body of Christ can go outside of the churches, take, go grab people and, and sit here and say, hey, I know the good news for you, and then... Say, hey, why don't you come to church with me? Churches are there for people to get spiritually healed. They're like hospitals, man. But what good is a church, a hospital, for a healthy person? What good is a church for a spiritually healthy person? Yeah, the Holy Spirit could move in your life, but you know what? Our goal is the Great Commission to go out and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to all nations that he called us to do. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the Great Commission. What are we doing sitting inside the four walls? Feeding ourselves. Our job is to go out there, grab those people and say, I know somebody that can love on you. I know a love that you probably never had. And you give them your testimony. Look, the testimony is what binds you and Christ together. Or binds them in Christ. Your testimony is what pulls Christ to them. Your testimony. Your testimony. But if you're not out there giving your testimony, how are you going to pull people in for Christ, man? How are you going to do that? I plead with you right now. Stop staying in the four walls of the church. Get out into your community and do something. Go team up with ministries that truly have a heart for God. That truly have a heart for what Christ is about. For what the body of Christ is about. That is what God has on my heart. Our leaders need prayer, and our communities need communities need Jesus. I challenge you. Get out in the community and stop staying in the four walls of the church. Pray for your leaders so you can have peace and quietness in your life. That pretty much sums up what God, God has had in my heart. Um... You know, our ministry, Freedom of the Spirit Ministries, is is based on going out to community and God's really been dealing with me about going out into Enid here in here in Oklahoma, but Enid is not just the only community that we reach out to. We reach out to Oklahoma, we reach out to New Mexico, we reach out we want to reach out to New Mexico, Texas, Kansas. No matter where God calls us to go, we're not subject to one place, one location. But when it comes to community we we are welcoming people that want to bring their communities together if we have to be a center point a center focal point to help churches come together to sustain look if here's the thing if churches can just come together without worrying about their four walls of the church instead of going out as a body of Christ The community would be sustained by the churches sustaining themselves. We would have no... I, I guarantee you, here's a challenge right here for all churches in one community. All churches come together. I promise you, there may not be a financial issue in this community whatsoever if they came together as the body of Christ. As they came together for the body of Christ... We've gotten to the point where churches think that <laughs> the church is the only thing that matters. And I'm not talking about the church inside of ourselves. I'm talking about the four walls. The physical walls. The building. Some people that or go to some churches. Some churches say, well, all that matters is, is that our are what we do either what we do or what, if it, if the idea didn't come from us? We don't want to do community events. We want to stay in our own four walls and not go out with the, with the body of Christ. I challenge if if you're a pastor listening to this. And there's a possibility. I challenge you to search yourself and search your church. If you're going out to the community, man, I'm like, kudos, great. But if you're sitting back in your church and you're not sitting here saying we're we're do if you're sitting here saying we've done enough community work, we want to worry about our our own side and you don't want to go out and team up with the true body of Christ, it's wrong. Matthew eleven twenty eight through thirty. And I'm I'm reading out the message Bible. And this is what it says. Are you tired, worn out? burned out on religion, this is Jesus talking, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely. Since the day that Jesus Christ died, and even before that, Satan has brought religion into this world to deceive people. And if you want to think of me bad by saying that, you're going to hate me for saying this. I'm not saying denominations are bad. But if you're popping denomination of religion without Jesus being in the center of it, there's a problem. If you don't want to do things with the body of Christ because your denomination says it's not right, or your religion says it's not right, then there is a problem. This is just something that has been laid on my heart. And the body of Christ is the body of Christ. The body of Christ is one. It moves as one. It doesn't move as, here's four walls here. Here's four walls here. Here's four walls here. I'm not going to do this. Because it doesn't agree with what I believe. Look, Jesus Christ and Christianity is not about relationship or religion. It's not about denomination. It's about relationship and what your relationship is with Jesus Christ Religion means nothing, and religion needs to go. Why do you think Islam doesn't like Christianity? Why do you think Buddhism, Hinduism, why do you think universalism, hey, you want to say atheism is not a religion? I beg to differ. It is a religion. They're still believing in something, that there's no God. If there's no God, why are they so bent on believing on popping an agenda saying there's no God every time and trying to prove there's no God if there's no God. I'm here to tell you that there is a God. There is a God that has shown signs, wonders, and miracles. There is a God that sits there and he loves us, loves us so much that he is being patient right now. First Peter three 9. 1 Peter three nine. Or is it second Peter three nine? It says, don't overlook the obvious here, friends, with God. This is Second Peter 3.9, not First Peter 3.9. Don't overlook the obvious here, friends, with God. One day, as good as a thousand years, a thousand years is one day. God isn't late with his promise as some measure lateness. He is restraining himself on the account of you. He's talking about you, us, holding back the end because he doesn't want anyone lost. He's given everyone space and a time to change. He's given everyone space and a time to change. The New King James Version says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is longsuffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. See, God is a God that loves us, loves us so much that He's, he's not willing that anyone should perish. He's being patient. So I urge you, whoever hears this, hears, please, please listen to me on this. The body of Christ comes together. It needs to come together. It needs to come together as a time such as this. I'm throwing out a challenge in Enid. I'm throwing out a challenge in the communities around Enid. If the communities have to be sustained from Enid, and they come into Enid to have their communities, and then go back out and take their community for Christ, come on, man. Freedom of the Spirit Ministries is dedicated on getting community together, and we're ready to go. If you want to come in and say, hey, you know, I want to have something to do with these community events, would you bring your team out to community events? We'd be more than happy to do that. But it's up to the community to sustain itself. And how that happens is is the body of Christ taking their communities over and sustaining their communities through Christ Jesus together together. The four walls of the church matter no more. The body of Christ needs to come together as one to do what God has called us to do. Take the gospel of Jesus Christ out. Give people a plug-in to to what church they want to go to, and let them go to church, and those pastors can do all the other aspects of preaching. Here's the other thing about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Stop going out and preaching rapture. Start preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you're going out scaring people and teaching the rapture, you're wrong, because that's not what Jesus called you to do. Jesus called you to spread the gospel of him, the gospel of love, the gospel of redemption through the cross that he died on for their sins, for our sins. Not preach, Christ is coming back, and you're going to hell, and you better get right with God. Look, all you're doing is making people mad, and you're scaring people out of salvation. Stop preaching that rapture nonsense. And somebody just took that wrong, when I say rapture nonsense, I don't mean that the rapture ain't going to happen. What I mean is, is you need to stop preaching it. That's nonsense. One thing I'm getting tired of is people preaching rapture to people that don't know Jesus and scaring them out of salvation. That's one thing. Number two I'm tired of is people teaching that righteousness doesn't matter. Well, you're saved, you're righteous, therefore you don't have to do anything to stay righteous. You can keep living the life that you're living. That is wrong. And God is going to make people pay for that teaching. I'm tired of it. And it's time to counter those teachings. Righteousness is an action. In order to keep it, you have to act upon it. You have to keep doing what's right. Am I saying that you can't make mistakes? I'm not saying that mistakes don't matter. Look, we're human. I'm not saying it's okay to make mistakes, but we make mistakes. But the teaching of when you get saved, you're righteous, and you can live any way you want. Let me tell you something. Sin is sin. The Bible says what the sins are. It says it. Go read it. Because if you're doing what's against the Bible and you're a Christian and you're doing what the Bible says is sin and you're doing that, you're wrong. Righteousness is as real as it has ever been. And you have to act on it in order to keep it. If you make a mistake, Get in the throne room of grace. Go to God and go to, you know, say, Lord, forgive me. I'm confessing my sins. I am confessing my sins. Another place where people are getting kind of out of control is, is that they sit here and they keep, doing the same sin and they keep going to God and saying, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I'm sorry, please forgive me. That's wrong. That is wrong. You know, I can't stress enough that righteousness is an action. And no matter what happens in life, we have to do everything we can to be righteous. Like I said earlier, mistakes happen. We're human beings. We make flaws. But I'm going to give you a Bible verse that backs up what I say, that God will not forgive you if you keep deliberately sinning. Hebrews 10.26 says, if we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left. Hebrews 10.26 says that. Look, righteousness. Stop letting people fill our heads with garbage saying that you're righteous under God because you got saved, therefore you can live the life that you want to live. You cannot deliberately sin after knowing the truth and think that you're going to get away with it. You ask me, well, what what is it that we need to do? You ask me, what Bible verses should we go to? You know, obviously we know that the Bible verse Romans three twenty three for all sinners fall short of the glory of God. We know this. If what is being said is is that if we're not deliberately sinning, yes, let's confess. But there ain't no sense in confessing if we're going to keep sinning. I can't stress it enough that this teaching is false. This teaching is false. One of those sins is sexual immorality. Sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. First Corinthians 6:18 through20 tells exactly what to do in sexual sin. Run! Run from sexual sin. Romans six eighteen through 20 Run from sexual sin. No other sin as clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a price, so you must honor your God with your body. Sexual immorality. you ask yourself, what else? What else? You know, Paul went on to say a lot about sin. A lot about it. And he did emphasize in Corinthians six, and if you're sinning and and just I I just can't can't fathom how we can keep sinning and thinking that God is is going to save us. 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Do you know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? We go into the aspect of sin, and mainly the Holy Spirit is the one that, that convicts. I'm just speaking from my heart here. But for first Corinthians six nine says do you know the unrighteous notice it says unrighteous? Unrighteous Look, if you're saved and righteous is already inherited. Yeah, by faith righteousness is inherited. You are made right with God. But it doesn't mean you can go around and keep doing what you're doing. If that was the case, unrighteousness would not even be a word in the Bible. So do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals or sodomites will enter the kingdom of God. So this message that people are preaching that righteousness is, you have righteousness and it stays and you can still live your life wrong. you got to live right. The Message Bible 1 Corinthians 6, 9-11, don't you realize that this is not the way to live? Unjust people who don't care about God will not be joining in his kingdom. Those who use and abuse each other, use and abuse sex, use and abuse the earth and everything in it, don't qualify as citizens in God's kingdom. A number of you know from experience what I'm talking about. For not so long ago, you were on that list. I'm glad to say that I am no longer on that list. And I'm glad to say what what the rest of 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11 is. Since then, you've been cleaned up and given a fresh start by Jesus, our Master, our Messiah, and by our God present in us, the Spirit. So let's go on living in righteousness. Let's go on living a good life. Let's not listen to those teachings. Here's the third thing I got an issue with. The Holy Spirit. I don't have an issue with the Holy Spirit. I got an issue with the teaching that people are are teaching that when you get saved, the Holy Spirit does not reside in you. That teaching is false. That teaching is wrong. Look at the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus said that he was leaving so the Comforter could come. In order for him, in order for the Comforter to come, Jesus had to leave. So when you get saved and you dedicate your life to the Lord, the Holy Spirit comes in you. He's the convictor. People get confused with the Holy Spirit and the evidence of the Holy Spirit. We're not going to talk about the evidence of the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to tell you right now that when you get saved, the Holy Spirit is inside of you. He lives in you. He comforts you. He guides you. He convicts you. He's the mediator between God and you. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Which means that if Jesus Christ lives in you, the Holy Spirit is in you. So don't get, if people are teaching that, don't get deceived. Please. Don't get deceived. Because the Holy Spirit does come into you. Whenever you receive Jesus Christ. Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? That's for 1 Corinthians 3.16. 1 Corinthians 6.19 is, Or do you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? Ezekiel 36.27. Wow. I will put my Spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. That's righteousness. When the Spirit comes in you, you want to live righteously. You will be careful. Before you live for God, you may not have been careful about God's law. That's what this is saying. Second Timothy 1.14 is, Guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us the treasure that has been entrusted in you. So the Holy Spirit lives in you when you receive Christ. But when He, the Spirit of truth comes, this is John 16:13, He will guide you into all truth, for he will speak, not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, He will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. Galatians 5:22. See, when you receive the Holy Spirit, he brings in fruits too. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. Fruits are different than gifts. Romans 8, 9, however, you are not in flesh but in spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you, but if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. we have received the spirit of adoption as sons, which we cry out, Abba, Father, Romans 8.15. So I'm here to tell you that the Holy Spirit resides in us. I know this is kind of a long what's on my heart, but, you know, we got to combat the, the deceitfulness. we got to combat those who Claim to spread God's word, but yet it's not his word. How do we combat that? We test the spirit. God says, test your spirit. Test the Holy Spirit to see if it is his word. That's how we combat that. So I encourage each and everybody to live your life. But live it in Jesus. Everything that happens, pray so we can have order in our life. Pray so that you can have the good things in life. You know, it says peace. Pray so you will have peace in your life. When it comes to our leaders, pray for your federal leaders, pray for the nation. While you're praying for the nation, pray for Israel. Israel needs our prayers. Pray for your leaders. Before I get off here, I'll share a story with you. I'm not going to share into details, but it's it's a a testimony to what God has done for me and my family. And it's what God can do for you too is if you're right being if you if you are doing what God wants you to do. You see, I have been in the position where I've done the right thing and I've been punished for it. It is hard in our day and age to sit back and do the right thing when everybody is doing wrong. When you get a chance, read Romans 1, 18-32, and if you're wondering why our world the way it is, you need to read that. But I got terminated from my job for doing the right thing. I guess you could say I got terminated from my job for doing what God has told me to do. But you see, God's never going to tell you anything and not take care of you if you trust him. Though the fires may flame and though the lions may roar, that is nothing compared to the victory that God is going to give you in your life after you do or after you live in righteousness. God has financially sustained us after that happened. I was able to go to school full time, able to watch my daughters, able to be home during the summer. Though we have had challenges, God is still there. God came around and I was getting paid more than I was getting paid working. But you see, no matter what happens in life, we need to trust God and what he's doing. I won't tell you the situation or the circumstance. I won't tell you who I worked for. People that, that listen to this may know who I worked for may know that what happened. But here's the thing. For the people that want to complain about the leaders in the city and the leaders in the state and the leaders in the government, federal government, I want to give you something to think about. If I could sit here and be fired for doing what is right, and this has nothing to do with me, ladies and gentlemen. I want to let you know that right now. This is glory to God, and this is glory to what he has done for me, but this is what bothers me. If me, myself and go through the punishment and persecution that I went through with that company about my faith and relationship with Jesus Christ and needing to do what is right to the people who I served and to the people who I worked for. If I can turn around and pray for these people and not, don't get me wrong, I've, I've, been bitter at times. Don't get me wrong, it bothers me. It bothers me a lot of what had happened. But I always turn around and say, God, I trust you in what you're doing. If I can turn around in my situation and say, Lord, bless these people. If I can look at them all in the face in one room in a meeting and tell them, I forgive you, will you forgive me? And be set free from what I had to go through. And encourage people to pray for your leaders. Then I think that people can look at our leaders who haven't gone through what I've gone through. Or it could be an encouragement to people who have gone through what I've gone through. To pray for our leaders. As one I stand before you that has gone through a fire that did not burn me but it rekindled me and refined me. The same fires that I went through is the same fires that you may go through or you have gone through or you may not even go through. But I'm going to tell you that the fires in life that God allows you to go through is not to burn you, is to refine you. The lions that God Allows you to go up against is not to harm you. It's for you to take victory and control. Through him. So that is my plea today. Is that you open up. Open up your heart. Look at the negative aspects in your heart. If there's any negativity to our leaders, I'm not saying you can't have opinion. I'm not saying that you can't talk. I'm not saying, look, everybody has a voice. But what I'm saying is let's stop putting more focus on what man can do and start putting more focus on what God can do. You know, the prayers of 2 Chronicles 7.14, you know, we heard those prayers constantly in the election and some of the same people that were popping them prayers up are the same people that are being negative towards our leaders. What happened to the prayers? What happened to the, to you praying 2nd Chronicles 7:14 every day, saying that if my people call, you know, who called myself by name, will humble themselves, seek me, and he will hear our voice? What happened to those prayers? What happened to those people? Come back. I'm begging you, come back and start saying those prayers again. Because it's not over. I'm asking you to pray for your leaders, to pray for us, to pray for yourselves, as I pray for you as well. And everybody that listens to this, I want to say thank you for listening. I want to say that I'm praying for you. And right now, I want to say, God bless all of you that are listening to this. Father, thank you for putting things on my heart, God. And I hope that I put this in a perspective that people can really come to grasp with, come come with in, in thinking and opening their mind, God. Father, there's so much negativity in our world. Lord, I'm asking that we get together, we come together, Lord, as the body of Christ, Lord. The true body of Christ. Father, I'm asking that you give people strength, Lord. You give the weary strength, Lord. I pray that, Lord, that Isaiah 40, 31 enacts right now, Lord, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall rise up with wings as eagles and they shall run and not be weary walks shall not faint Father bring your strength and your power Lord bring your binding power to bring the communities together Lord not only just the communities but the body of Christ Father I ask that you bless this nation I ask that you bless the states that we live in regardless of where we're at whoever's listening God bless their state Father bless all 50 states in the United States Lord bless the world God Father, bless your country of Israel as well. Lord, there's so much chaos in the world, Lord, but you're the only one that can bring order to chaos. Father, you're the only problem solver that there ever was, God, that there ever is, Lord. And I'm asking, Lord, that you open up people's minds, their eyes, their ears, their mouths, God, to proclaim, God, everything that you have in store, For them, and for the people around them, and for their nation, and for their state, and for the world, and for Israel, God. Father, I proclaim positivity, Lord. Father, I proclaim righteousness. Lord, as the people that hear this agree with me, God. Father, I proclaim community coming together. I proclaim life into people. Father, I pray you go with them, God. You strengthen them. You protect them, Lord. Father, every attack that the enemy has on them, we come against in the name of Jesus. You lift up a standard against the enemy's attacks, God. You set it in your word. And Father, if there's anybody here, God, that doesn't feel your love and doesn't feel your hope and doesn't see your grace, Lord, and your mercy, Father, I ask that you show it to them, God. Open your arms wide and wrap your loving arms around them, God. Father, I thank you for what you're doing and for what you're going to do in Israel, America, the states, and the world, and in our cities. Father, I pray that you bless each and every one of us today. Each and every person that is listening today, I ask that you bless them, Lord. Let your Holy Spirit be with them, God. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I hey, thank you for listening to this. Thank you for bearing with me and what, what God has placed in my heart. Um, and I appreciate each and every one of you. Have a blessed day. Don't forget, Jesus is real, Jesus is true, and Jesus is the real truth. God bless.